Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 55 of How Do You Write? I am so glad you're here, and I mean that with a great big hug and thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Um, sorry about missing last week. It was a family emergency, uh, which I'll tell you about in a little bit. But uh, right now I am broadcasting from my bedroom, um, which is why it looks a little bit different if you're watching on the video. Um, I just woke up, so uh, my hair is a little crazy and I don't care because you guys are my friends. And uh, we have a house guest, a darling, darling, beloved kind of adopted daughter of ours um, who's sleeping on the couch and I don't want to bug her by being out there. And that's kind of what I love about this life is I can do this wherever and whenever I want. Last week, I canceled the show because I could, because I get to, because this is my gig and um, that's super exciting to me every time I think about it. Um, it's also your gig. It's uh, I'm I'm super grateful for you guys for showing up and listening to this podcast. It means a huge deal to me. Today's guest is fantastic as usual, uh, but she's super special. Her name is Rachel Johns, and she's a friend of mine from Australia. Um, can't even remember where she came across my radar. We were both uh, published in the Rural Romance, uh, which I can never say in Australia. Shelved not too far from each other. She spells her name the right way uh, with an A-E-L. And uh, she's always been delightful. I met her in Australia. I've seen her in New York at RWA there. And she's just a treat. I know that if we lived closer together, I would be constantly at her house or or enticing her to come out for coffee with me to waste some time. So it was really happy. I was really very happy to spend time with her and talk to her. It's a longer interview than normal because we really enjoy talking to each other. And um, I apologize for the dogs. They were out of control uh, and things were going on in the background and we were recording it at a different time. So life happens. There are dogs barking. The reason I did not record last week is that uh, my mother-in-law died. Um, beloved, beloved mother-in-law who uh, was a mother to me, a real, real mother to me. And um, it required a lot of intense moving parts to get her kids and the in-laws all to her bedside before she died. We made it a few hours before, um, very last minute due to some extenuating circumstances. And then we spent nine days in Idaho dealing with the memorial service and the interment and, you know, the house cleaning and the getting the medical supplies back to where they belong, basically she was given 10 days to live 20 months ago. So she got another 20 months and they were not comfortable months. Um, they were not fun months. They were very, very hard on the whole family, especially my father-in-law who took such good, beautiful care of her. I am not going to cry, but, uh, he said at the, in his eulogy, um, and I, and I saw this happen. They were married for 52 years and, um, they were, you know, as a marriage, there were ups and downs, mostly ups for them. And, but he said that when she was sick, he fell back in love with her all over again. Uh, my wife, Lala, at one point when we were visiting, decided to read to her mom, um, and got one of the romances out that her mother had always loved. Uh, in particular, she loved Georgette Heyer, 
So Lala was reading a Georgette Heyer book to her mom. And um, her father noticed how much her mother loved that. So her dad became her audible narrator, her my mother-in-law's audible narrator for the next 20 months. And in fact, um, the weekend she died, a friend came to visit them in the hospital and stood out in the hallway listening to the four doctors inside my mother-in-law's room discuss things uh, for a very long time and was about to leave thinking that the doctors would never leave the room when she realized it was my father-in-law acting out the four male voices in this romance in this scene (laughs) and entered the room but um, to watch my father-in-law take such incredible care of my mother-in-law was just the ultimate um, display of love it's pretty pretty much one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen in my life so it was an honor to be there for those nine days I didn't work at all I have nothing to update you on work-wise um so let's go into the interview. A brief business note, a really cool business note. A new Patreon supporter, Sally Demarest, who I went to college with um, back in the day. Uh, she's a new supporter and she sent me this um, awesome, let me pull it up, uh, direct message on Twitter. And she basically said, uh, that she's been enjoying both this show and the Pedal to the Metal, which is another podcast I host with my friend Jay Thorne on making the leap from uh, day job to dream job. And she said that she's been really enjoying it. Uh, she's decided to start working on fiction again, quote, so that I can build up that side hustle over the next decade so that it can be a great post-retirement gig and maybe even allow for an earlier retirement when my time for teaching has come to an end. I had never really thought, this is her speaking, I had never really thought about what it means to be a working writer as opposed to a famous writer or a failed writer. Uh, thank you for helping me realize that the latter the latter two present a false dilemma. Um, thanks for talking about money, she said. It's great to have new goals now that her PhD is finished and to realize the dream job of novelist is still an option. Um, I loved hearing that, Sally, and it's always good to hear your voice. And thank you for listening. I love that you mentioned that. Um, considering working writer as a completely viable thing to do, that is what most of us who listen to this podcast are doing we are working writers we're not famous i'm not famous i'm not rich Uh, i'm also not failed right in between those two points on the spectrum is a place we call working writer where we just get up and do the work and get stuff done and and uh so thank you so much for saying that thank you for supporting the patreon that's at patreon.com slash rachel spelled the right way r-a-c-h-a-e-l um i would love it if you supported me over there i'm writing essays and i will mention that thanks to my friend mariah um i'm going to be changing the focus of the essays a little bit i feel like i have written some great essays about creativity uh in all forms not just writing that those essays are about um creativity in its larger form but i am going to uh mariah kind of made me realize that I can change my mind what these essays are about because I love writing them and I'm going to head more toward um, creative nonfiction, a little bit more memoir slice of life style uh, because I get to do that and that's what the Patreon allows me to do. So if you are supporting, thank you. If you are supporting, I hope you're enjoying the essays. I hope you enjoy the memoir-like essays that are coming. Um, Always about creativity because I live my life as a creative person. That's how I get through the day. So that will always be part of it. Uh, but I'm really excited to take the shift. And I guess I'm talking a lot longer than I thought I would for being 
really kind of heart sick and sad and quiet. Um, but I appreciate you listening in any way that I show up to the microphone. And um, believe me when I tell you that you can be a writer on your up days and your down days, on your happiest ones and your lowest ones. And you may not actually be writing fiction on the days you are at your lowest because God knows you're human. Uh, but that's actually contributing to what you will bring to the page later. So acknowledge that and respect that and um, get back up on the horse as soon as you can get your foot in the stirrup. Is that how the uh, metaphor works? Let's get out of here. Uh, enjoy the interview with Rachel Johns. Thanks so much for listening and for being part of my life. It means a great deal to me. So much. Okay, enjoy. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my Stop Stalling and Write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Well, I am so happy. I could not be more pleased today to welcome Rachel Johns to the show. Rachel, hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. I love podcasts and I've just um, started listening to yours recently and it's fabulous. Hey, I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. Well, let me give a little introduction to you for those who might not know you. Um, Rachel, and I need to emphasize that Rachel spells her name correctly with with the (laughs) A-E-L, which is the correct traditional way to spell it. Uh, Rachel Johns is an English teacher by trade, a mum 24-7, a chronic arachnophobic, and a writer (laughs) the rest of the time. She rarely sleeps and never irons, and I really respect that about you. Um, (laughs) A lover of romance and women's fiction, Rachel loves nothing more than sitting in her own bed with her laptop and electric blanket and imagining her own stories. Rachel has finaled in a number of competitions, including the Australian Romance Readers Award, uh, Jilted, her first rural romance, which I can always never say, rural, rural romance, romance. Rural romance. <laughs> um, won Favorite Australian Contemporary Romance in 2012, and the Patterson Girls won the 2016 Romance Writers Australia Ruby Award and also the 2015 Australian Book Industry Award for General Fiction, and I loved that. Um, Rachel yeah. lives in the Perth Hills with her hyperactive husband, three mostly mm-hmm. gorgeous heroes in trainings training two fat cats and a cantankerous bird and a very badly behaved dog um oh sadly there's only one cat now i must have forgotten to send you the updated bio (laughs) oh i'm sorry about that that's hard never mind yes it is he's old though yeah he was in pain so good to good that he's no longer in pain Well, now we're going to send a good a good thought his way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would let we have met. Uh, have we met? A, we've met a couple of times. Yeah, um, I think in Australia. In and Australia, in the lift briefly. I yes. think maybe in the US. <laughs> yes, R W A, where we kind of waved at each other. But um, yeah. our, Romance Writers of America in America is and as it is in Matthew. Australia. It's crazy. It's mm. so hectic. It's going on right now. I actually didn't go because uh, family stuff. And, yeah. um, and it is just kind of insane and you want to see all your friends and you just don't have time to. So I'm it's crazy, isn't it? I know yeah. we've got the Australian conference in a couple of weeks yeah. and already, you know, trying to make dates to catch up with people yeah. and it's like, oh, I'm going <laughs> five minutes maybe. And then it's you crazy, look yeah. at like your third, your Friday and it's completely gone. You know that like, yeah. you're going to have to be moving the whole time. So I'm actually, I have to confess that I'm not very sad that kind I'm of. not there. <laughs> I know you just got to stay offline and not watch too many um, because I have been to the US the last two years and with one of my friends Emily Madden who writes in Australia too and you know 
we would have liked to. It's just fun just going um, away by ourselves overseas for a couple, you know, well, not a couple of weeks. Usually it's been about a week. But, yeah, yeah, so seeing the tweets and stuff is like, ooh. maybe next year the hashtags are making me a little bit sad Mm. but (laughs) yeah (laughs) well this show is about process and I love to talk Mm. to people about process and as you were sitting down with your um phone I noticed and I think I can just barely see it in the background you have a um a treadmill desk (laughs) tell me how you write when do you write what's the best time and do you use that thing I do use it not as much as I would like um I only got it about probably three months ago because um, I had a very bad back and oh. just sitting in the chair was oh, at New Year's I couldn't walk I was in an ambulance because oh. I literally couldn't walk so my back was really really bad and um, another Australian friend Amy Andrews said she had a treadmill desk and that it just changed her life and I could really feel that sitting down at the desk wasn't a good thing that it was just you know hurting my um, just just being still all that time but you know when you're sitting down you kind of in something and you just you know you should get up and walk around yeah so yeah she said that she was using one but she wasn't actually using it for writing and that's kind of what I've done you know as a writer there's all the online stuff and the emails and blogging so I the only writing I've done so I'll usually get on in the morning after I drop the kids to school and I'll I'll do half an hour to an hour just answering emails checking Facebook um it should be less time because I should be writing more but I figure I'm walking and so I'm <laughs> you're getting your exercise in. in yeah yeah it's definitely not a weight loss thing it's just to sort of keep moving because it doesn't go hugely fast I mean it goes yeah. fast enough so I can burn up work up a sweat yeah but um I so I haven't actually, I have to confess, I haven't attempted actually writing a book on it yet. I think the last book that I was writing when I got it was quite a, was giving me grief. It was one of those books that, you know, just nothing was working. The characters didn't want to talk to me and it was just, oh, so I, hate, I, I hate didn't books. feel, yes, oh. I didn't feel like I could write on that. But I have a feeling, like I'd like to try it if I'm in a book that's being kinder to me. Um, I think I could. So yeah, I really recommend them. I think I've, I think a couple of friends have bought one since I've got them. Uh, they're amazing. I just it just make, it makes you feel so much more healthy rather than just sitting in a desk all day. I had one that I jury rigged myself. I bought a, okay. I bought a treadmill on Craigslist, and mm-hmm. I and I screwed into the wall behind me a really janky um, board that would hold Wouldn't. up my computer and, the, and it was, just, it was just, all, and, and I had to prop up the treadmill's feet on, actually I used manuscript pages that had already been, oh. like old copy edits. <laughs> Love it. Um, and it yep. was just so ugly and unwieldy and I was always kind of falling off of it. So did you buy yours <laughs> as a treadmill desk? Is that how it came? Yes. And I must admit, I have this beautiful cabin, which I've only had for about, uh, oh, six months. And so the treadmill takes up most of the cabin um and it doesn't look particularly pretty but I did buy I think it's lifetime fitness or something in Australia um and I probably wouldn't have spent the money if I hadn't had such a serious back injury that I knew you know I had to do something because it was uh probably about a thousand fifteen hundred dollars which I think in the U.S. is maybe two thousand dollars yeah including the postage which was good because um I live in WA which is like the furthest from anywhere um, in the world, apparently Perth's the most isolated city in the world. Oh my god! Um, so you know, and they delivered it. It was posted from Sydney, so the postage wasn't too bad considering. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't have probably. I mean, it, they are expensive. But that's I a do medical think expense. Worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and you can 
well, I don't know how your tax system works, but I claim that on tax. Yeah, it's we part can, of my working. <laughs> we can write that off. We could write that off for yeah. both work and for medical reasons. So yeah. So oh, mm. good. Putting that thought in my head, maybe I'll, I'll go back to that. Okay, and 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 when do you write? Are you a morning writer? Yeah. Well, I used to before being published. Um, I was just actually talking about a friend of, to a friend of mine a few minutes ago about this. How we're so tired now these days. I don't know if it's getting older or it's just running around after kids. Uh, what or what? But I mean, before I was published, I was a nighttime writer and sneaking mm. it into you know weekends. Like I suppose. A lot of people are when we've got a full-time job or yeah. family to look after, whatever. Um, but now I'm really lucky that my getting published kind of coincided with uh, my youngest going to school. Um, there was about a year there where he wasn't at full-time school, but pretty much from when I was started doing this, you know, as a full-time job, he was at full-time school. And so all my kids are at full-time school. So I really do treat this as a job, sort of um, school hours job, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I sort of co- I go to school, drop the kids off, come home, uh, you know, throw a load of washing on. Then I do my treadmill stuff. Then then I sit down and I definitely find my writing is best if I, which is so bizarre because I'm not a morning person, <laughs> but it's definitely best if I come and get into it quite soon and start in the morning. After lunch, I feel like a nap, which I don't have. <laughs> Sometimes I think maybe I should have and just, you know. <laughs> I do as often as I can. <laughs> I know, I should. That's what, instead, I sit here going, oh, I'm so tired. I need more words, you know. Um, so I do, and I, depending on the weather and stuff or time of the year, I often walk the dog in the middle of the day. So I'll get my writing words done sort of in the middle um, between a bit of morning you know, email and that and then the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I try and get the words done in the middle of the day. Sometimes that can be quick um, and then other times it feels like I am here and, you know, right till the day, time I have to go get the kids and still haven't done my word count. Yeah. And as I'm sure you and every other writer will understand, um, although I write school hours, uh, I also do, you know, stuff on weekends um, and deadlines, you know, it just it, it's kind of I'm best writing in the morning yeah. but... Yeah, it happens all around the clock. I don't have a very good process <laughs> or a very good um, routine, and I probably need to. Well, you know, I always things. say, though, that if you're finishing books, your routine is great. That is your That's routine. Good. I, I really like that. You know, yeah. I, when people say that their routine isn't working and they're not finishing books, then I do agree that you, they should try yeah. the things. But you're getting it done. You're, you're yeah, doing great. <laughs> I, th- I keep thinking my mental health could be better if I was, you know, doing things a little bit more streamlined. But, yeah, <sighs> yeah. I'm getting it done. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. I like that. How do you refill the creative well when you're running dry? (sighs) Well, this is being. I like that sigh that you get. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I. um, We've had a very stressful couple of years. We sold a business, moved country town, or moved from the country to the city. We've been renovating. Kids start new schools, and Mm. I have no time to fill the creative well. And Mm. it's really definitely been an issue. I feel in the last year, I've sort of felt quite burnt out. and so it's something that I don't do well, I don't think. Um, and I always think, oh, next year or after this book, I'm going to take, you know, slow down or the kids will be a bit more you know, older. I'll, I'll, I look forward to refilling the well, but I think it's something that we really need to make time for. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to make more time. And it's just pretty simple for me, um, just reading more. And I really, what I really need to do is watch more TV because I do love, I mean, I never, I was someone who, Never ironed and never watched TV basically for mm, 10 to 15 years when I was trying to write. I still mm-hmm. don't iron, but um, it's because I, <laughs> it's because I was, you know, I was trying to write 
like most people, when you have a full-time job and then when I had little kids at home. So the time when I could relax and watch TV or read a book, it was that was my time to quickly go and try and, and write. Yeah. But I really think that's one thing that I should do more of because whenever I do, you know, I just feel so much more energized creatively. I feel, you know, the ideas pop and definitely, definitely reading. So that's the one thing I really try and do. I read a little bit each day, even if it's a tiny bit. Yeah. I would love to read more. Um, and there's other things that I think work on a smaller level. As I said, walking the dog, I really find that just getting out and we've, we live in a beautiful um, sort of hilly area where there's beautiful bushland and I can just walk through there and, you know, that always seems to help too. So I don't – at the moment my life is a little crazy and I that's one thing I don't do well. <laughs> so I really think it's important and I love any ideas. Any ideas? What do you do to refill the well? I want to know. <laughs> I, I, I actually love that you said TV because – I think that has um, that there's some stigma still attached to, you know, TV viewing. We should be writing. We should be we should be yeah. reading. And those are, you know, those are all the things we do. But but um, just the way you said, really watch, sitting down to watch TV is something I almost never do. And when no. I do it, it makes me so happy. Yeah, me you know? too. And so, I very rarely do it as well. Yeah. And, and just a movie. I have friends. I have a writing friend in Australia, uh, Fiona Palmer's her name. She writes rural romance. Oh, yeah, she's too. great. I'm, I'm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's wonderful. She's a lovely person. And, um, and she will email. I mean, she's, I'm going to say lucky. Her kids are at boarding school now and they're oh. older. So she's got, you know, a lot of time all of a sudden. Um, but, you know, she'll message me or say something I've, you know, I've written for now, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to watch a movie this afternoon. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm constantly, Oh, that would be that's nice, but there's so many other things I need to do instead. And I do think you need to make the time to do this stuff okay. because I think, yeah, refilling the well is very important. Well, then here's a challenge, Rachel to Rachel. Let's sometime within, oh, the, next, within the next seven days, I'm going to carve out time to watch a movie or two episodes of a show that I enjoy. And, and why don't do, do do that too. And then good, touch, good idea. That's a really good challenge. Yeah, yeah. we have seven days I, to I do accept. it. Challenge I'm about accepted. to start a new book that um, is got a bit of an 80s theme so I, I there's a lot of movies I want to watch to remind myself <laughs> now have you seen Stranger Things no I haven't <gasps> Stranger Things so many people have talked about oh that. it's all it, 80s and it's, note. and it's beautiful it's oh, I didn't know it was 80s yeah it's all 80s it's all 80s all the time it's absolutely and so it's literally research for you yeah <laughs> there you See, go that's a good thing about being a writer you know mm-hmm. all this stuff that yep you know can be research, so we're working really all the time. <laughs> and you'll love it. And email me when you're done watching your two hours and tell me how it went. I would okay. okay, and you too. <laughs> okay. I will, I will. All right, and what is the absolute best or worst writing advice you've ever been given? Um, I was actually thinking, um, sorry, I'm just going to quickly, I made a note for, about this when you gave of me Of course, yeah, yeah. So I was actually just thinking, um, oh, yes, that's right. And there's two, there's two little things that I have written down. For different questions and I was just checking <laughs> so I think the the I mean there's, there's so many little things like rules just just rules that people say this is the way it is and don't do it any other way and I always say to new writers you know um listen to people what people say but don't necessarily take it as gospel because mm. I think the best writers mm-hmm. break so many rules mm-hmm. as long as you do it for a reason so but that was just a that's just a little bonus yeah <laughs> um what I really think is I'm going to so many conferences and I'm, I was trying to remember if I've heard or read what you do um, but you know, we have the plotters and the pantsers and then I, I, I said recently I'm a prayer, not a plotter or a pantser. I just pray <laughs> it'll work out because that's what, 
<laughs> oh my god that's but, me i love that you said that that's yeah, brilliant it's so true you know I, yeah anyway um that's another tangent um but i've i was at a conference the out of your way in australia conference last year and i won't mention names but i sat in a um a workshop and the person is a very a best-selling writer um who you know has books right around the world uh but not say anything else <laughs> if i start talking about genre it'll be gone but um Anyway, she basically stood up and she said, the only way to write a book is to plot it and to outline it first. Oh. Um, and, and you know, that's never been me. I always like the idea of it because, <laughs> um, you know, I think as a – and I'm not saying I'm a total pantser. As I said, I don't, I don't really believe that anyone's a total plotter or a total pantser. I yeah. think we're all somewhere Spectrum-y. in the middle. Yeah, yeah you know. Um, but I – you know, I, then I went away and I thought about some of my best-selling, not my, not my best-selling writers, uh, the, my favourite writers that are best-sellers and stuff and that I've heard talk, uh, like Leanne Moriarty, Nora Roberts, mm-hmm. um, Monica McInerney, who's an Australian-Irish writer, and I've listened to all of them speak and none of them plot. So obviously there's a, you know, they've all got elements that they do before, like we all, um, but I just, I really think that there's no right or wrong way and so... Definitely the worst advice I've ever got is you must plot your book before you start. That you is need so to know, terrible. You know, every bit. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> and on, on kind of on that note, um, as you've been going, what secret writing tip of awesomeness or craft tip did you discover the hard way? Um, that's another sort of bit of an airy fairy one. <laughs> I was thinking good. about this, and I did a I did a writing degree um, at uni, and it was absolute waste of three years. Me and too. I think, and oh, you did too. Yes, yes, you, I got a master's. You didn't like it, it either. No, I wasted fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, I didn't even think it like that, but yes, I've wasted <laughs> I wasted money too. <laughs> um, but I mean, I almost failed my. Um, I did a writing degree, and then stupidly, I didn't learn, so I did honors. I don't know if you call it that over there, but it's like a fourth year here mm. of sort of extra mm-hmm. um we have to write a thesis and I almost failed that because basically a writer in WA told me that I should definitely you know choose a different career because this is not for me um oh. we won't mention names with him either but needless to say um he's still teaching and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but he's still hasn't quite got his bestseller writing uh, book out there that he was planning on doing all those years <laughs> Anyway, that's another story. But um, I remember this. So it took me 17 years. I'm bad at math. Was it 15? Anyway, from when I decided I was going to write a book and be a writer, um, it took me, I think it was 15 actually years, to first get published. Um, and so I'm a slow learner. <laughs> but I you know, learned different things along the way. But the biggest problem, I think, was because not just because I went to uni, and I'm not saying all uni degrees in writing are bad. I think you know, this was – I started 20 years ago. I'm thinking I've heard fabulous things now. and In Australia sure, particularly, sure. my degree was quite in the early years mm-hmm. of writing degrees. don't think they'd really quite found their feet. Um, so I'm sure there's a much better one. So I'm not saying don't do a writing <laughs> degree. I'm not saying do Agreed. one. Agreed. But, um, but, yeah, do your research first yeah. and find out people who have, you know, really benefited from it. But what the thing with my degree was – we were told, you know, basically you have to write literary fiction or poetry, but that wasn't for me. Um, and so I was for three years of writing or four actually really trying to fit a mould that definitely wasn't me. I was trying to write literary fiction when I was reading books like Bridget Jones' Diary and Chick Lit at the time. Right, right. Um, and so I honestly think I say I sort of think I was trying to write a weird combination of literary chick lit, mm. which mm-hmm. is, it's, Still 
not a thing. I don't it's think. still not a thing. I'm actually, a thing. I'm still trying to write that myself and it's still not. Literary a thing. chiclet. <laughs> yeah. It's still not quite. No. But maybe we'll, we'll like, let's you know, make it the genre. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I was trying to do. And so I was getting absolutely nowhere. I mean, there was a whole lot of other issues. Like I didn't know about goals and the characters have to have yeah. conflict and page turning things. because we and, didn't learn you know, that in school. They didn't teach I know. We learned nothing like <sighs> that. So I've definitely learned more from being a member of RWA and um, organisations like that and talking to other writers. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so the biggest uh, thing, I think my secret tip for awesome was is to write not necessarily what you know but what you love, yeah. um, at least to start with. I'm not saying um, it can always be that way when you, you know, it would be ideally it would be good to be always writing something you love. But when you do become a commercial fiction writer and you're, you know, writing to deadlines and contracts, you're not always going to love it, sadly, I think. Um, And trying to work hard, you know, to to keep the love is something that I think is important too. But, um, yeah, I'd say so not necessarily write what you know because, hey, research can be fun and, you know, we hear that so many times, write what you know, and I'm not saying that's not a bad thing either, but I'd go further to say write what you love to read and write what you'd be passionate about writing. So mm. it's not really a craft tip, um, but I it's think so many people tip. are trying to, you know, fit a box that's not them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Thank you. So, <laughs> when right. you when you are having those darker days, the mm-hmm. difficult days, or having Which those felt like self- every day <laughs> last year. <laughs> oh yeah, I hear you. When you have that self doubt, how do you deal with it? Probably not well. As well, <laughs> um, I I think the difference. It's really hard because I guess now um, I have contracts that I have to kind of. Like I listened to another podcast with another author the other day um, and someone was, she had her second book, was a memoir, um, and the, the interviewer was saying, you know, why did you write that second book? You know, what was inspired? And she goes, the contract, the deadline. Like I had to, I signed a two-book deal. You know, I had to do that. And I yeah. think that is kind of what gets me through the doubt sometimes. I suppose, um, you know, without those sort of, you know deadlines and if you're not if you're an aspiring writer I think it can be deadlines with friends or family or you know a competition or whatever um but it is so easy to let self-doubt you know take control of you um and I'm just trying to think I did write something other note sorry (laughs) um but yeah I also think I what I do sometimes and it it doesn't necessarily work well um but as I I just keep going and hope for the best. That's I'm a prayer. Oh, sorry, I lost you. That's okay. You're still there. My, Phone falls. But I it's lost all good. you in my prayers. Um. <laughs> I love that. The, I love that the prayer comes back too. That you know you just well, it, you keep pushing through. And I think that's one of the biggest the biggest things you have to do. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like there's two types of writers. There's those who are plagued with self doubt pretty much all the time, and I definitely feel like one of them. Yes, me too. You know, I think. Each book is a fluke and, oh, my gosh, yes. how did they, you know, all, all, the, all the readers before then, you know, even though I've written like 20 books now or something, it's still, oh, hang on, they must be, you know. And I, <laughs> and I honestly, and I know you understand because I genuinely feel like that and I'm, I think there's other writers and, you know, go lucky them in a way who look at everything they write and I do know a few like this and they're like, oh, it's so awesome. It's wonderful. And that's great. That's the way they work. Um, I wish I, I, wish I could, that like I could that. have some of the confidence. Yeah. But yeah. I think one thing I do do occasionally is pick up a book that I have written um, that I didn't necessarily love while I was writing it um, and, you know, open it to a scene and go, oh, I wrote that. You know, I just, just remind myself that, hey, I've done it before um, 
So maybe I can do it again. I want to try that. I've never been actually brave no, enough to do that. No. I've, I've never read a book. Oh, actually, that's a lie. I was about to say I've never read a book after I've written it I the never whole have. way through. I never have. No. Well, I hadn't until recently. And a friend of mine does with her reader group on Facebook. She does, I don't know what she calls them, read-alongs or something like uh-huh. that. Anyway, um, so I decided I'd try one of them over our summer holidays. So I did almost finish um, one of my books. It's not uh, this sounds bad. The almost finish is not because I actually didn't enjoy it, or it's just that I, you know, I'm one of those people that starts doing things and doesn't finish them. So yeah, it's amazing that I've actually, <laughs> yeah, you know, I started, I start knitting something. Oh, you probably do finish yes. knitting. <laughs> no, I, I have so many started things. On oh, my okay, Kindle, yeah, my so Kindle is full like of started to. books, and all of them are great books. And I just know that after a certain point, sometimes I'm just not going to finish them. And I would do yeah. that to my own books too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've got those things as well. So I did actually reread a book recently. Um, well, as I said, not completely, but that was the first time ever, and it was kind of good. I kind of think it's probably. And a friend of mine said recently, and you know, when I was feeling doubt, go back and read something that you've read before and see, you know, how you did that. You know, because obviously instead of Yes, I think sometimes it's good to read other people's things. Obviously, I do want read other people's things all the time and to analyse how they've done, you know, things as well as enjoy it. But to go back to the books that's been a real success among readers or that mm-hmm. you've really loved and to actually maybe, yeah, reread bigger chunks of it. I only usually read a couple of pages or whatever. Um, but, yeah, just to remind yourself, you've done it before, so why can't you do it again? That There's makes no so reason. Much sense. And, and, and you should be getting better, in theory. Yeah. I sometimes think I'm getting worse. But in theory, you but should we're be not. getting better. <laughs> we're not. I know yeah. we're getting better. <laughs> Thank you for answering that. That's awesome. No, that's okay. Um, on really bad days, if you could not write, what profession would you choose? This is actually one of your, uh, hard question, I reckon, because I'm one of those people, I, I kind of, I want to believe in reincarnation because I want to think that we'll come back and I can try all these different jobs <laughs> because, you know, there's not enough in time in my lifetime to try um, all the jobs. But, I mean, I always loved drama. As my mm. minor is in drama. Um, and so I'm not sure I'm a very good actor. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I would like to do something. Like, yeah, I'd say an actor. I, when I was really young, I always wanted to read the news. <laughs> I can see I you doing that. <laughs> Oh, really? The yes. nightly news? <laughs> anyway, so I think, and then, you know, so there's so many different jobs that I would do. And then I actually made my friend horrified recently because when I was about 21, I actually applied to be a customs officer. Um, so like the airport or border security or whatever. And I didn't pass the, um, there was a psychological test you had to do online. <laughs> I don't know if I didn't pass the test <laughs> because I'm crazy or because I have a feeling, I think I was probably, it might have been November 21, I think I was about 20, 19, 20, and I think maybe they'd prefer people who are older. I'm, I'm going with that. Go with I that rather than. Get through. I mean, I didn't not pass the test. I just did the test. We didn't get a result, but I never got any, you know, yeah. call back after the test. So, um, but so for some strange reason, I kind of like the idea of being in border security, and, but I think it's because, you know, I, I think it'd be exciting, but it'd probably be boring because I'd just be, you know, checking all these people who do know nothing wrong all day. Whereas I want to, you know, be in there when they're bringing something illegal. Into- <laughs> I did. So, I yeah. I flew back from Idaho last night, and um, and I have this thing called a chillo, which is a chili pillow. Ooh. Basically, it's an insert that you put in your pillow. You put it in the freezer all day, and then ah. you put it in your pillow at night, and it's kind of filled with gel. Which in the United yeah. States we can't fly with gel products unless oh. they're three ounces or less. 
And, you know, oh. and in the Ziploc bag. What so, can you do with the gel product? I, I don't make a bomb okay, somehow anyway. out of your chillo. <laughs> and but they but they actually picked it up in my suitcase and then screened the whole suitcase open, every zipper, looking at everything. Oh, nice. And I decided to tell them it was a medical device um, <laughs> just to see if I could get away with it. And I did. They're like, oh, okay. And they put it back. <laughs> oh, that's good then. <laughs> Hopefully they're not listening to this podcast. I know. Or you won't be able to you won't get you away with have it my again. Chillo now. <laughs> okay, and I I want to oh, ask I've you, never heard of that. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, what is the best book you've read recently and why? This is a kind of new question for the show, but I want to get more books to read. Yes. And I was trying to – I'm trying to think because um, I went through quite a reading slump period mm, that's where hard. nothing I, I liked. Oh, yeah, I just liked nothing. And friends were saying that we're reading the same book. I've got a sort of an online writing Facebook group and we for a while had a book club where we were reading the same book each month too and then discussing it kind of from a writing angle as well Ooh, great idea. and I, I liked it was it was really good we sort of as I said one of those things you start and yeah. sort of dwindles off peters off <laughs> but yeah. um nothing I didn't seem to like anything that anyone was ri- reading um but then recently I've liked a few things that other people have not um so I really think it's very much what I mean you know if I get to read a book fast um I usually quite enjoy it so I recently read um, Jane Green's The Sunshine Sisters. Ooh, I haven't heard of uh, And, yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was um, the characters. I don't, know, I don't know what it was, it was um, but I think I read it on holidays. Mm. Um, and I really I really just enjoyed immersing, my, immersing, immersing myself immersing myself, and just actually reading because usually often I read, you know, 10 minutes a day or yeah. before bed and not enough. Um, I'm trying to, that's a big thing I'm trying to do more of. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. I'm trying to think what else. I've got the worst memory in Me the world. Me too. I was, um, I was just thinking, <laughs> I was just thinking about a book that I immersed myself in and I read on a plane trip recently. I read it all the way from Canada, yes. the, the East coast of Canada to the West coast of California. And I, and I know that I loved it, but, but, and I loved but it. Sometimes... I can't remember it, but it was the process of being inside it for that long without a break. I was going to say also, do you question yourself sometimes? Because then I'm, I'm just, I've actually kept a list of books that I read, so I'm going to have a quick look. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's sometimes I question myself if I do enjoy it now, if I've read it quickly. So then I, I don't trust myself at all. And then I don't trust myself when I haven't enjoyed something. Because I think maybe it's because I've taken too long to read yeah, it. Well, yeah. So I don't. Yeah. Uh, but actually, I did read just last week. Uh, have you heard of Michael Robotham? I've heard He's the a name, crime writer. Ooh, I and I met him a couple fiction. of years at a writing festival. I love crime fiction yeah. too, actually. And I find um, I, I don't, I can read that more and just enjoy it. Yes. Whereas if I'm reading women's fiction or yes. romance, I'm more. Either analyzing, yep. this, am I am I ever going to be this good? Or um, yep. you know, I'm thinking, oh, I don't like how they do that. So yeah, totally. I really think writing reading crime is good. Um, so I recently read yeah, the Secret She Keeps by Michael Robotham, which just came out. I'm pretty sure worldwide, worldwide, and it's really fascinating actually because he is a man, Michael. He definitely is not a suit. Well, he might be a pseudonym, but he's a man. I've met uh-huh. him. Um, and it's written from the point of view of two women. Ooh. Um, and, and you think I he think gets he away with it? Really well. Ooh. Yeah, I actually do. Um, maybe it's because he's, um, I've met his wife too, and she's a gorgeous, lovely person. But he's got three daughters, two, two adult daughters oh. now. So he's obviously lived with women. <laughs> I'm for- going A long time. I'm going to download a sample of that immediately because I need something like that. I haven't had a good thriller in a month or two and I need something like that thank yeah. you thank you that's okay okay and last you enjoy it last question if you were starting over as a new writer now what would you give yourself what, what advice would you mm-hmm. tell yourself 
Um, again, it's probably going to be not a crafty type one. That's good. I love, <laughs> but, I love feelies. Um, it's more the fact that, um, oh, so I said, it took me 15 years to get published and it, I think if I'd started now, it possibly wouldn't have taken me so long. Mm. Not because, well, there's a whole lot of reasons why now I'm older, uh, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> um, what I think is I see so many new writers that um, are so, you know, passionate and excited, which is what I was and hope so, but I didn't have the opportunities that they have. So they can go out and self-publish a book and I'm not, I've got nothing mm. against self-publishing. Mm. I, you know, I've got friends who do it really well and stuff. But I feel I see a lot of like aspiring writers who get their first book rejected by a few publishers and they're like, oh, it's not me. It's not the book. It's, you know, obviously. And they, so they just put it on the internet. Yeah. Um, and I just think don't be in a rush. Oh, but, you know, sometimes I'm it takes that. time. Yeah. So, um, and I think I would have done that. <laughs> I think I definitely would have done that because I started writing at 18, most terrible books. <laughs> Um, and you know, but I thought they were, I had more confidence then. I thought they were, you know, fantastic and I got rejections and I'm glad I got rejections. So I'm I think, so I'm, glad. Yeah. I'm so glad yeah. when I look back on the, the two or three books that are, you know, on floppy disc, literally yeah, the yeah. five and a half or five, you know, five and a quarter. I've found disc. some of them recently. <laughs> Isn't it the worst? And I remember at mm. that point they were the best I could do. And I knew yeah. that and I knew and I thought they were great. And yeah. I think that I am one of those people. I am I, I am a person with discipline and stick to it to a point. But there is yeah. another part of me that it does cop out sometimes. And I think that if I'd yeah. had 10 rejections on those and self-publishing was an option, I would have done it. And I would be, and I, and I would be so sad by by that because those are terrible books. Exactly. (laughs) I'm not saying it's nothing against self-publishing and, you know, there's obviously sometimes rejections are from mainstream publishers are because it just doesn't fit a line or um, they can't market it, you know, and in that case, but it's very, I think it's very hard as a new writer to work out, is that why I'm being rejected or am I being rejected because it really is not that great a book and I could do better if I just give myself a little bit more time. And I wonder sometimes I wonder how, sometimes how we can tell and I don't I don't know. I don't know because I honestly do still think I'm definitely not the best judge of my own writing. Yeah. Um yeah. you know. So yeah, I I the don't one thing I, really I the don't one thing know. I have thought and if anybody's listening and is having this worry, I have thought to myself that if I were starting over now and I had that feeling I'd been rejected a few times and I was disheartened and I wanted to be published, I think I would try publishing that particular book under a pseudonym and not, ah, that's put, a good and idea. not putting out a paper copy. Once you put out a paperback version, it will last forever on Amazon in those ranks because they can't prove that they, you know, all those books have been pulled. They might be in existence. Ah, so it'll always yes, stay on and Amazon. People can, uh, yeah. Exactly. But if you just do it in e-version. You can get rid of it. You can get rid of it totally. And you can see what the reviews say. And if, That's a really good idea, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really, really what I would do. And if, you know, out of 20 reviews, five people hate it, that's normal. And yeah, exactly. if you have 10 people who love it, great. And five people who are mixed. But I think, I think that yeah. works. that's what I would do. And you might make so. a little bit of money on the way yeah. while you're doing experiments. Exactly. And if it um, accidentally takes also, off. Then... then you can use this. So I'd say choose a pseudonym you like. Yes. yes. In case you Just want case. to um, keep it. <laughs> is, is Rachel so, John's yeah. your real name? Sorry? Is Rachel John's is... your real name? 
Uh, Rachel is my real name, oh, spelled okay. correctly. Um, but okay. no, John's is not. And it was because my name is very similar to Rachel Bailey. I don't know if you've met oh, Rachel yeah. Bailey. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, which is not her, like, well, it's her real first name, but she's last name, pseudonym too. Um, and she got published before me. Um, we were like, knew each other through Romance Writers of Australia. And she sent me an email. We already, already got confused. People couldn't handle two Rachels in an organisation, even though there's more Rachels now. <laughs> You know, so I'd get her emails, she gets mine. It still happens occasionally and people do think we're the same person. It's quite funny. We've been saying for years we're going to get T-shirts at conference that says, um, if you like Rachel Johns, try Rachel Bailey, you know, this, this one. Um, but, yeah, so she actually emailed me and it was so lovely because she said to me, um, when you get published, not if, uh, are you going to use a pseudonym? And I had three young boys at the time and was working at a Catholic school and was trying to get published in quite sexy romance um, and I also thought one day I'm going to have three teenage boys who might not, you know, they might think it's cool mum writes sexy romance or they might also think it's embarrassing um, and also just being, you know, the job that I was in, I thought it's better. So I, w- I said, yes, I will have a pseudonym and I actually chose my granddad who just died recently and we were very close. His first name was John. So that's where I got John's from. I love that. And tell us where yeah. we can find you now. Tell us where, and, and tell us about um, their most recent book. Tell us, plug yourself a little bit. Okay, well, I am on Twitter and not much um, on Facebook. So I'm just going to move you over here for a second. Sure. Sorry. No problem. I, I've covered myself up, haven't I? No, you're fine. Um, this, is, this is not good. Sorry. This is, apologies to all your listeners um, with my phone, not computer. Skype hates me, as I told Rachel before. Um, and so I'm on Facebook, at, I think Rachel John's Romance, and website, racheljohns.com, with A, Rachel, A, like Rachel Heron. <laughs> The best um, way. And I'm actually really excited because my uh, first women's fiction comes out. It was my second women's fiction, but the first comes out in the US and Canada um, in August. I can't wait for August. this. So this, is, um, <laughs> this is The Art of Keeping Secrets. Uh, so, yeah. Such cool. a beautiful book. It on the floor there. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. And in Australia, I've got another book coming out at the end of the year called the Greatest Gift. This is, these are both advanced reading copies. Ooh, is that so, also yeah, that women's one, fiction or um, is that romance? Um, that's women's fiction too. So, yeah. That's I awesome. sort of do one real romance and then one women's fiction at the moment. Um, and you're big in Australia and you're like rural – well, you're classified as rural romance in Australia with your romance. And we'll see, aren't you? And, yes, um, I know so many people, my readers, who also adore um, reading your – rural books <laughs> we have we have a strong yeah. crossover readership you and i and that's I, I maybe that's why i love reading your books but they're uh, maybe that's because they think we're the same person <laughs> i also get that with rachel treasure have you had it? You oh know, i, I, I get that with rachel, rachel treasure. treasure yes yeah and like, well, um, i love jilla rue like, thanks i didn't write that have you read uh 2k to 10k by rachel aaron no aaron oh yes i've heard of that book yes I'm Don't sorry. I apologize her. to the listeners about the dogs. They're just going to keep going. But yeah, people get me confused. Right. Rachel Heron and Rachel Aaron. Of course yes, they Yes, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> that just happened on a podcast so, recently. Could be a good thing because I think yeah. people, is it, it's bizarre then. Are people only thinking first names when they're picking up a book? Maybe only... we should all be called Nora. We should have gone Nora Johns. <laughs> I should have done that. Nora Heron is going to be my next, yeah. my next pseudonym. <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, it's a book by Nora Roberts. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you are delightful. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and for, for joining me. me across the oceans. And I can't believe that we're, <laughs> it sounds so good. It's just like we're hanging out in the same room. It's and good. It's, we managed to get the timing right. Yes. yes. Finally. You know, it's not too late for you, hopefully. <laughs> no, I'm going to go start making dinner and now you can have your day and walk on your treadmill. So. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Goes <laughs> better. <laughs> and don't forget two hours of television. Television in sort, the next week. And then, yes. All right. I'll report back. <laughs> okay. And listeners, do the same thing. Absorb the yes. story. Yes. All right. Thanks so I much, Rachel. A good idea. I can't. Thank you. You're welcome. Talk Bye. to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.